0: June 28th 2022 we're in masechet sanhedrin and of sadi amud Aleph, at the very beginning of the gemara which is on the bottom of the page right after the first mishnah the first mishnah that we dealt with in the last Perik and uh paddock of masechet sanhedrin the first statement in that Mishnah was that everyone has that portion in Olam Haba which we struggled to define, which we will struggle to define, but I'll very basically just remind you briefly, uh, the dispute locally with regards to those words in the Mishnah, locally with regards regards to those words in the Mishnah, Harambam's interpretation to these words Olam Haba is what we generally speaking refer to as Olam Haba, and that's this realm, this domain, this existence beyond the physical. Alternatively, Bimeir Abu La'afya in his Yad Rama suggests that Haba in this context is a reference to the time of Tehiyat HaMetim. It makes sense, it stands to reason the logic, the approach of Yad Rama because the continued lines in the Mishnah describe in the first, of those who aren't a part of this Yisrael who have that portion in Olam Haba, is a person who is Ha'omir in Metim Torah. Those are the first on the list of several who, quote unquote, don't get that portion in the world to come. And the Gemara, as I told you yesterday, will deal with initially what it means, why it's so that a person who scoffs at, who doesn't accept that Tahiyatah Metim Torah, is in Lo La Ulam Haba. Briefly, one last introductory point on that. Rashi has a little bit of a a radical opinion on this matter because for Rashi, it's not only the acceptance of an existence of a reality of tahiyyata metim that quote-unquote warrants you it's beyond that. It says the words in our Mishnah have, a person who says, Ent min ha-Torah. Min ha-Torah understands Rashi means there's some sort of reference in the Torah, which means to say if you've logically or uh, somehow rationally come to the conclusion that there is but you haven't accepted or searched for and found some sort of remez in the Torah for it, it's quite radical, it means that's not only a theological issue per se, it's beyond that, it's not accepting parts of traditional methodology and interpretation of Torah for Rashi. But anyway, says the, says the Gemara at the very onset over here, it's about four five lines from the bottom in the middle of the line, and so much, why so? Again, the interpretation of this question is, Specifically to the Tahiyata individual. We had a list of individuals who were in the Maba. Ha Why is such an individual precluded from involvement in what we called Olam Haba, Maharsha in his interpretation of this question, he suggests, well, there were several other things in the Mishnah that were mentioned, the Mishnah talked about in Torah min the Mishnah talked about apikores, and so on and so forth, so the question really in his understanding is, kolkach, so much so, he's midayek in those words, why is this the first of the list? I mean, generally speaking, if I'm going to talk about, quote-unquote, the problematic heretics, I'm going to put the worst at the top, in the top of your list, I can't tell you the answer is going to be so easy. But that's his interpretation of the question of the Gemara. Either way, you slice it. says the Gemara Tana the following statement, uh, was taught. Since he scoffed, he was kofir. Uh, at, at the concept or at the uh, relevance uh, within the text, uh, if, if we go with Rashi, of T'Hiyatah Metim. Therefore, he doesn't have a portion in T'Hiyatah Metim. That's not, not what it says in the, in the Mishnah. That's right? not what it says in the Mishnah, says, Rabbi. The Mishnah says, It's not talking about T'Hiyatah Metim, right? I think that's your question. No, it's not saying that he doesn't believe it. It's saying he doesn't believe from the Torah, not scoffing at it. So two things, firstly, you, you've Thanks. bought into Rashi. You've bought into Rashi. I told you yesterday, in Tosefta, it doesn't even for have second. that No, of minha Torah, and Harambam and Perigim al doesn't interpret it like Rashi either. So that's first and foremost. Secondly, maybe Anita, for Rashi, be a little bit more expansive in that word, Kafar. Yes. To be kofe doesn't mean, per se, you scoffed in its entirety. You scoffed at its traditional, accepted uh, premise and, and interpretation. Anyway, but the the more fundamental, or the other fundamental question is: We're not talking about a person who doesn't have a portion in tayata metim. We're talking about someone who doesn't have a portion in olam haba. So you're describing some sort of midah midah. You didn't accept this, therefore you don't get this. But the stuff that our Mishnah says, our Mishnah says you don't get X, meaning olam haba, because you didn't accept Y, meaning tayata metim. Does everybody it's, who goes to olam haba get metim? Does what, say it again. Does everybody who goes to olam haba get this? So so. It's an important question. Of course, the answer is who knows, but, um, the, the, <laughs> but, but the easier answer to your question is the way Harambam describes it. Indeed, Jared says, listen, might be some sort of part of the process of In fact, Harambam has it as these end of days, which again, there is هنشاموت, but then there's a return into this world in some way or fashion. So it's kind of connected to it. Easier is Yadramah's approach. We were never talking about this, quote-unquote, Olam Haba Olam It's never what the Mishnah was referring to, not that it couldn't be, but the Mishnah was referring to, call it Yomot HaMashiach, call it time period. As a result, it reads a lot more smoothly in the Gemara. Anyway, so as the Gemara, you should know, this is the way God operates. God operates in such a fashion. If there's a, something you've done wrong, there's a midah keneged midah, the same way that you've dealt it to him, so too, so to speak, he deals it back to you. Shekol midotav shel hakadosh baruchu, because after all, all the attributes, or the general approach of his attributes of God, are midah keneged midah, are measure for a measure. The Gemara Masechet sotan Het has a similar statement to this, that be moded, hu moded lecha, the same way that you measure to him, so too, he measures back to you. Uh, Sefer ha has a famous interpretation of this line. The general understanding of Sefer ha this is not accepted by all, is that God is uh, the embodiment of rachamim, the embodiment of, uh, call it, fluidity in this world. And as a result, with all things uninhibited, your existence will be one which is somewhat free and somewhat open for your progress and your uh, ability to tap into truths in this world. However, if you've closed off those vantage points if you've closed those channels of connectedness to him so in turn things are a little bit more confusing for you it's less that you're zapped by him so to speak you did wrong and he's striking you it's it's the way the Pesachim and the Torah seemingly read it's alternatively if you're not tapped into that truth if you have closed or turned your eyes averted your gaze away from that connectedness with him and to him as a result if that's the measurement you're dealing with so in turn that's the measurements you're going to live with. That's not to say again that there was a direct strike uh, against you. Not part of all, but on a base level. Like Correct. That's the general approach of Sefer HaChinuch. Again, it's a medieval philosophical question. Exactly how this works. What is Sachar VaOnish in this world? If you look in the Torah. It doesn't simply read like Sefer Ha-Chinuch, Adonai B'chem, V'asar et Ha-Shamayim, certainly sounds like he stops the heavens. Doesn't sound like, well, I turned away from him, and as, you know, anyway. Anyway, so, so, but that's the statement here, midah k'neged midah, and the Gemara now brings, not a proof, but a same, a remez ladavar, that that's the way it works, that we have this midah midah. Why is it being mentioned in our Gemara? Because if you don't accept t'chiyat metim in turn, the t'chiyat metim Olam ha is closed off from you, de'amar bishmuel how do we know what's a, some sort of hint in the text, or in the Torah, um, specifically over here? How can I derive, aside from logic, aside from, well, it makes sense, that's the way I would punish someone, that's the way existence should work, can we point to some uh, some circumstance, some historical occurrence, uh, at which I can say, you see, that's what it's teaching me. emar. The circumstance and the context is the following. Uh, There is a siege against Israel in Shomron by the king of Aram and Elisha, who's the prophet at that time period, turns to the helper of the king, the Shalish, the middleman of the king of Aram and has the following statement to him. He has the following statement, generally speaking, but more specifically to this individual from Aram. He says, you should know, I know you guys have closed off our ability to sustain ourselves in a regular fashion. You've besieged us, but you should know we're going to have some success starting tomorrow. You should know, at this time tomorrow, you should know in this, this uh, this province, in this area of Shomron, even though all these supplies have gone up, our food, our, our nutrition, the, the value in the market has gone up, we haven't been able to procure it. As a result, everything's gone really high. You should know that these large measurements of, of, of solet, these large measurements of seora, of these grains, of this, uh, of, uh, of the barley, it's going to be very cheap tomorrow. Just tomorrow, in a day we're going to reverse the entire recession that we've had over the course of some time. Uh, so that's the statement of Elisha, it's quite a bold statement. The response in turn to Elisha after hearing this, that Shalish, that middle person from Aram, so that individual who the king of Aram is leaning on, et isha Elohim, that's the way Elisha is very often referred to in the Navi, By the people of his time period. The response to him is, well, listen. Even if I grant you, if we talk about this God who has these windows of the heavens, opens them up for rain. Even if it's so, even if it rains from here to tomorrow, quite literally, are you really going to tell me that the that the value that the price I don't know. I mean, what's gas I just filled up? Uh, 487. Are you going to tell me that we've, we're going to fix this if I come with a prophecy right now that tomorrow morning it's going to be 205? I mean, I'm sure you got great prophecy, Rabbi. I'm sure you're able to affect a lot. But things take time in order to affect that. So that's the incredulous response to him. Vayomer, and the response in turn from Elisha is. He says Elisha to this Shalish of Melech Aram, he says, you'll see it with your eyes, but you won't have the ability to eat from it. Why not? Well, of course, he's going to die, is the pronouncement of Elisha. <laughs> and indeed it's so, the next day that individual wakes up and everyone is rushing to the sha'ar, everyone's rushing to the gates in order to uh, get the, the, the lower-priced grains. And this individual there is trampled in this stampede of sorts. So indeed it's so. why is the Gemara citing this? The Gemara has this as an example, as a paradigm of sorts for midah Mida. midah. You scoffed at the acceptance of this prophecy that God will bring forth this. So as a result, in the context of seeing that this was brought forth, you will meet your death. Is it an exact midah, kenegid midah? It's very close because the problem was that you didn't accept its reality, and in turn, your death will come as you are forced to accept its reality. Anyway, says the Gemara, but maybe that's not what actually took place. Maybe the reason this happened was not because of midah kinegid midah. Maybe it's because Elisha cursed him out. Maybe it was just because of the curse of Elisha. Not per se, that if you scoff at God, so he closes it off from Start with the Navi. He started with the Navi, and, and a pretty powerful one at that. Second to Eliyahu, Elisha is, you know, is quite vicious. Hiba, you should know, don't mess with a hacham, because their kilala, their curse, afilo al hinam, it sounds like, even for no reason, hiba, in some way, there's an effect. I'm not. You consider as a of hacham? Because he's technically an aren't there two distinctions? Okay. Okay. And you want hacham adif min navi? I understand that. We're no, 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 no. only we learning. But I think he's asking hacham adif min navi. is the statement no of the Gemara. I think the point yeah. is, I mean, let's just, just theorize on this matter. If I were to tell you that, you know, I was walking down the block and there was a, a scholar who cursed me, I'm, just, I'm talking to you, Mamash. I know you are a real rationalist, But I was a scholar, and I tell you separately, but the prophet cursed me. I mean, which one are you more nervous about? You're certainly more nervous about the prophet, are you not? So if the statement is a hacham, even if in general, in deriving law and leadership and so on and so forth, we might say hacham adif minavi, it's even a hacham. And yes, he'll it, order, I'll go one step, Further, Hanam is more the Gemara. Masechin Nedarim says that in Hanewuah Shura, Al first qualification Hacham Anab. You need to be a Hacham, so you can't be a prophet if you're not a Hacham. So I have no problem with that statement. Anyway, says the Gemara. That being the case, this wasn't a midah, midah per se. It was rather he messed with Elisha. Elisha took him down. As a result, says the Gemara. In if that were so, if it were only occurring because of Elisha's curse, Lichtof Kirah, the pasuk should have described his death as it could have very uh, briefly skipping a word meaning the location the context of where he was trampled, it could have just said he was trampled and he died My, why is it that the pasuk specifically says basha'ar why does it say at the gate? Because it was over the matter of the price of these foods at the gate. Which means to say the Gemara suggests this is our example of midah, keneged midah. Okay, so it goes. That's the Gemara suggestion in this context. And in turn, we reflect back on the statement in the Mishnah of a person who says, His his punishment or his reality in turn is he's, so to speak, closed off from that. Yes, Charles. This and the Gemaraan Sotan Tafet. So what about like, let's say First and foremost, Ein tahadayin shen tahachin is not God to us, it's me and you to me and you, right? So that's first and foremost. Yes, what we can derive from that is a certain philosophical notion, and that is God says to us as human beings, follow in my ways and punish an eye for an eye, right? It's, I'll, I'll strengthen it by something I've said on many occasions. We never do ayin No, no, but, the, but listen to the point. We never do ayin tahat so why state it that way? If anything, it's confusing, because it leads me to Hammurabi's code. and makes me believe that it is mamash. So the suggestion is, because that's teaching me yodei, That's teaching me to be like him, but it's not teaching me per se that that is who he is, quote, unquote. This is getting to Isn't the whole importance of it? years later. Oh, I thought you were on Yitro. All right, I'd like. I'd like to imagine there's going to be a lot of examples. My This is the example. This is the example of the Gemara. And this. And Indeed. All right, says the Gemara onward. All right, and over there, there's a difficult, there's a slight difficult. Over there, it's from the Tanaim. over here, it's from the Emoraim. Why is the Gemara calling this? All right, separate conversation. Uh, you know, not, not that much relevance to us right now. Says the Gemara onward. All right, so now that we established that, uh, moving onward. Torah. So you stated in the Mishnah, the person, each person, each individual is supposed to accept now, as I told you in the introduction to this period, as I'm going to repeat to you on many occasions, there's no explicit reference, and for good reason in my mind. But at the very least, the Gemara will struggle with this concept, which it accepts as Masoret, and in turn is trying to seek out and tease out Pesukim as perhaps some sort of reference to it. Shene'emar uh, cites a pasuk. That's a, a very odd context pasuk. It's pasuk which is talking about the halakha of Terumat maasir. Which means to say on every year, except for the seventh of the of the seven-year cycle of Shemitah, uh, to, we were to give to the Levi, not to the Kohen this time, to the Levi, a tenth of our produce. That's called maaser Rishon. The Levi, in turn, is to take a tenth of that produce and give it to a Kohen. That's what's called Terumat maaser. Says the Pasuk in context of Terumat maaser, the tenth of a tenth. Un et Terumat Adonai leaharon ha-Kohen. So the Pasuk describes the Levi will take a tenth of his his maaseh and give it to Aharon HaKohen. That's an interesting reference. If this is an eternal body of, of law known as the Torah, why describe it as to Aharon? What's more, says Rashi, Aharon never entered into Erez so this never even was fulfilled. If you told me, all right, so that was in the first year. It's a description in the Torah for the first year in Eretz Yisrael. We're not doing true mot ma'asrot when we're in the desert. We're doing it when we're entering into Eretz Yisrael. He never even makes it in. It's a very strange reference. And he'll give it to Aharon HaKohen. Of course, in Peshat, your answer would be, here's the Kohen Gadol. So we're giving reference point to the people. And you'll give it to the Aharon HaKohen of your time. But say the Chachamim, let's be a little bit more particular. Why didn't it just say to the Kohen Gadol, aharon is, do you really believe that Aharon will be alive for eternity? Lo nikhnas, he never even entered into the land of Israel. And, and you're giving him teruma. I mean, it's a strange reference in the Torah. Ela rather, perhaps instead suggests the Gemara. This is a reference to, or a veiled reference to the fact that Aharon will yet arise. He will yet arise, and in turn, you'll be able to give him your tirumat ma'asim. When will he arise? During the time of terumat ma'asim. It is, it is, it is, indeed it is, and you will see many more of these. So goes, uh, the Gemara will struggle throughout. Again, there is <coughs> nothing. You're You're uh, who's forewarned?: yes. yes. Yes, indeed. No. indeed. The Mishnah was very clear. Kedin is the Gemara. Dever tana. Dever along the lines of, of Eli. I say, oh come on, that's not what it means. But not that they want to uh, throw away the dirasha. This is a ripe opportunity to be It says Aharon Hakohen. We can derive other thoughts and understandings and peg them into this pasuk. LeAharon. The reference of Aharon HaKohen is not per se to the individual, but to the paradigm, to who Aharon HaKohen was. What does that mean? Well, Aharon HaKohen was a HaVer, not a friend, but rather a Talmud HaCham. We'll discuss that in a second. In turn, every time you give to the Kohen, your Tirumat Ma'asir, Choose wisely, give to the scrupulous ones with regards to halakha. Give it to the ones who are the haverim, the talmideh hachamim. First and foremost, before the reason for that and the Gemara will give us a little bit on that, why are talmideh hachamim referred to here and in many places as haverim? As of, of the Gemara al-Masechet uh, bava batran, hez, d'oresh the pasuk and shir Hashirim, ha, uh, baganim, haverim, and so forth. The over there, Makshivim, the it's the ones who hear the voice, so to speak, the Haverim. This says the Gemara, are referred to as Haverim. Harambam, in two places, talks about the ideal friendship. He talks about in Avot and then he references it again in his commentary to Masechid Demai He talks about ideal relationship, and he talks about lower level relationship where there's a certain reciprocity. I expect something from you, and that's why I'm doing something to you, and so forth and he describes all sorts of levels of relationship. The highest of those levels of relationships of being a Havir, is an individual who is connected. Of course, everything for Harambam is such. Intellectually, you and I would say, maybe not you and I, I would say emotionally, he says intellectually. In turn, says Harambam, the highest level Havirim, are the scholars, the ones who are connected to one another with their mind. They're not looking for anything beyond intellectual perfection along those lines. Anyway, that's the reference to Havir to be connected with our minds, that's right. so, so as a result, here in the Gemara, that's why we refer to them as Haverim, why is it that uh, you give it to a Haver? The Gemara will give us several directions, the most basic one being, well, it's going to need to be eaten in the appropriate fashion, Bitahara. you don't want to be leading the Kohen into a Tumah situation in which they're eating something in the wrongful way, Choose wisely so you don't set up a catastrophe. Says the Gemara onward, I'm now on this point, Amar of Shemuel bar Nachmeni, Amar b'onatan, Minayin she'en notinin tirumah le'kohen am ha'aretz. How do you know that you should not give terumah to a kohen am We're no longer talking only about terumah to ma'aser, which was by the levi to the kohen. Now we're talking about what I and you would give to the kohen. That's terumah. The mitzvah of is in the Torah, and it's a mitzvah upon each of us. What's the measurement for terumah? We've talked about this on more than one occasions. Now the rabbis point out there is no measurement. Even if you gave just one stalk of wheat to the kohen, chalas, you fulfilled it. The rabbis gave measurements. They said, ideally, you're giving a fifth of your produce, that's the midah uh, ben If you're beyond ideal, a 40th. If you're less than ideal, a 60th. Again, if you even gave one kernel of wheat, you're okay. But anyway, how do you know that uh, you and I, if we're giving to the kohen, or if you're a Levi, Turumat ma'aseh, we establish that turma should be given to the kohen who's a uh, not an Am haaretz who is a haver. A uh, Talmid chacham This is a pasuk where Chizkiyah Hamelech is speaking to the people. So the pasuk has the following statement: You should give the menat, the portion, lema'an, so that they're mechazik betorah Hashem. They are strengthened betorah Hashem. That's the end of the pasuk. Says the Gemara, you see, kola mahazik betorah a person who's strengthened and steadfast to the Torah Tashim, yesh lo menat, he should be given the terumah, the portions, sheeno mahazik and the person who's not, he's not, In lo menat, he doesn't get the portion of terumah. The truth is, this really taps into the general picture of what Kohanim quote, were supposed to be. The Torah and Sefer Devarim certainly but throughout in specific circumstances makes clear the Kohanim were supposed to be the rabbis. They were supposed to be the leaders of the people. They weren't just supposed to work in the Mishkan, in the Mikdash, they were supposed to be uh, the Morim to the nation. As a result, it stands to reason as well. The ones who are Mahazik Torah, so they're the ones you're giving it to. It's not per se a kolel over here, it's, they're the leaders, they're the leaders. They're the ones who are supposed to be leading the people in Torah and in turn you're giving it to them because they're fulfilling their mandate as Kohanim I, you know, it's just coming up in just a few weeks from now, Pinehas, I've told the story more than once, took place over here, I, I once talked in in, in in Allenhurst during the summer, I talked about how Pinehas gets berit kehunat olam, I said, it's very strange, it's just not the picture I would give to to, to, to Pinehas, Pinehas is the one who's holding his, <coughs> his spear and he's spearing individuals, he gets berit kehunat olam, I don't know, Be the ke- kehunat, they're kind of in there, inside, they're in the mishkan, they're in the mikdash, it's not I mean you could give him beautiful rewards. He did a great thing. He's a great kina and so forth. Kihuna. And I had whatever did I, I had. That's the audacity of Rabbi Shema spoke in the, the knees. He spoke for overtime. Uh, your brother had to handle him in that circumstance. Anyway, he spoke overtime, but his message was directed. Straight at me. He says, you know, some people believe sometimes when they think about Kohanim, they imagine the Kohanim just doing the avodah and the Mikdash. He says, uh, the Torah is a little bit of a different picture for this. And effectively what he said, very clearly quoted many of the Classic sources on this matter was the Kohanim were supposed to be amongst the people. Yeah, they, they worked in the Mikdash, but they fulfilled their responsibility by being involved with the people. It means, p'nechas, fulfilled berit kehonat olam, by being involved, by leading them in one way or another. It says the Gemara onward, Amar of Ahabarada, Amar of Yehuda, Kola noten tirumal lekohena amha'arez, kilu notenah, any person who gives the tiruma to Amhaaretz Kohen, it's as if you're giving it to a lion, says the Gemara. Why a lion? I mean, I understand I shouldn't be doing it. What's the reference to a lion? Ma'ari, safek dores ve'ohel, safek enel dores ve'ohel, af kohen haaretz, safek ochelah betahara, safek ochelah. It's the same way if a lion, uh, Rashi has two interpretations to this. The same way a lion is Dores, Dores means to trample, so it's got its prey, I don't know, a lamb of some sort. It tramples it and takes it, the first interpretation of Rashi, takes the lamb and then places it in the side cave before eating from it. And you're uncertain whether the lion is going to eat from that lamb uh, when the lamb is still fresh, or he's just going to let it rot. So to the Amha'arits, you're uncertain whether when you gave them the Tirumah, they're going to eat. It betumah or betahara? They're going to let it quote unquote rot and eat it betumah, or alternatively, are they going to do it betahara? Rashi has a different interpretation. It's a question of how the killing took place with the lion. Either way, you slice it, the statement is the danger in giving it to an hamhaarit is not per se because he's a bad guy. It's because you're nervous that he's not going to handle this turuma appropriately. Says the Gemara onward, Rabbi hananam or Amar af lo You should know you're even causing death. Or bringing some sort of uh, some sort of death, uh, spiritual death, to that kohen. The pasuk describes a death for the Hilul ha hilul milashon ridding it of its sanctity. In turn, kohanim who don't treat the teruma with Proper sanctity, umetubo, it's so to speak, they bring forth death. Lastly, says the Gemara Dever Bili Ezer, Rabbi Eli Ezer Ben Yaakov Tana, Af Masio Avon Ashma, you even bring them to further severe sinning, Sheneimar uh, Vehisio, Tam Avon Ashma, Be Ochlamet So you'll bring forth, or they have, in the circumstance of eating from the Terumara, she cites from Targum Unculus, that it's specifically, of course, when they eat a Petumah, you're setting them up. It's a Lifnei Veh Lotid. Ten but it's a direct one. You brought it to the individual who doesn't know the halacha, and you put him in a circumstance where he needs to know the halacha. Where it's a very severe circumstance of a matter of tuma and tahara, you have set forth a terrible situation. Says the Gemara Tanya, Rebisimai Omer, back to our issue of Tachyat HaMetim, Rebisimai, in the biraita the following statement, Minayin li HaMetim in All right, so we had one reference, one vantage point, and then took us off a little bit on a tangent. Now we're back to the issue, Shne Emar, and it's uh, another one of these uh, surprising circumstances. And this is in the one of the, this is the initial encounter of Moshe with with God, and uh, Moshe, uh, God tells Moshe, "You should know, I'm going to fulfill my covenant with Abraham, and Yaakov." It, it its Canaan, to give them the land of Canaan. Wait a second. Abraham, I'm and Yaakov are long dead. So, of course, the Peshat and the Pasuk is to their descendants. If my child, my grandchild, got it, said it's my inheritance. But alternatively, let's read it very literally, it says Rabbi Simei, it doesn't say to give to you, it says to give to them, meaning to Abraham, it rather says to them, perhaps from here we have a remez, continues the Gemara and says, don't think we sufficed with these masim. we have plenty more et Rabban Gamliel, Minin, generally speaking, the Gemara is a reference to Christians. So, well, if it's not Christians, it's different sects at the time period of... The Tanaim who are scoffing at uh, tradition. So, in this context, at the tradition of Tahayat uh, do you have any source, any remes the pasuk that God resurrects the dead? Amar Lahem, he says, not only do I have one source, I have a source, Minha Torah, Umina Nevi'im, Umina Ketubim. I have three sources from each of the Tanakh books, Torah, Nevi'im, and Ketubim. Velo Kibelu mimenu and they didn't accept it. They were not interested in his sources. What were his sources and how did they respond? <laughs> well, first and foremost, min <laughs> ha-Torah. What's the source in the Torah? For tchiat Amitim, responds Rabban Gamliel to the Minim, Adonai el Moshe avotecha, that's a very strange pasuk, especially because that's not what the pasuk says. Um, what, what does the pasuk say? So first and foremost, that's right. So the pasuk says that God turns to Moshe and he tells him, you're going to sleep, you're going to you know, go, yeah. die, im avotecha. That's an interesting reference. There is a debate in the mefarshim, Ibn Ezra and others, when it says im avotecha, does not mean because your fathers and forefathers were righteous? After all, Moshe is not being buried with his forefathers. So it's kind of a reference to his forefathers being righteous or is it just a way of referring to death? What's because the Pasuk says it by Abraham as well. It says, uh, you're going to die and be buried and so forth with your forefathers. Does that mean Terah was a righteous person or is it just a way of referring to death? Anyway, that being the case, the pasuk says, so you're going to die. Then the next pasuk says, this nation, those people, you know, they look all right right now. And they're going to take everything downhill and they're going to go off the path that you've led them on uh, throughout the past 40 years. Uh, that's the way the Pisukim read. Instead of reading it like that, what we've done is we have it, you're going to lie with your forefathers, meaning die, they come, and then you're going to rise up. That's how we're reading it. Rashid does refer to the fact that the Bet has two ways of reading these Pisukim. There are several other Pisukim like this. One of them that I love to mention is at the beginning of Parashat Vayet Hanan, where the Pasuk says, Then it says, Uh, You should inform your children. And the next pasuk is, The day on which you stood at Har Sinai. The general approach to these Pesukim is to read them through. Mm -hmm. Inform your children the day you stood at Sinai. That's not really what the Pesukim say. We stop over there. Inform your children. And you should know about... Anyway, so here's one of those circumstances. But in fact, the Minim uh, turned to uh, Rabban Gamliel and said, that's not the way we read the verse. And the truth is, we don't think you read it. Maybe the pasuk really is to be read as you'll die, Moshe. Period. And and the nation will then rise not that you'll rise the nation will rise min haleviim says says the gemara onward rabban Gamliel said all right you don't like my proof from the torah what about my proof from the navi dikhtiv yihum etcha navelaati <laughs> yekumon hakitzuv ranenu shokhne afar kital orot ve'aretz refaim tapil it's ve'aretz refaim ve'aretz refaim ve'aretz refaim tapil so, pasuk over here is a, has has a reference to uh, shokhenei afa, shokhenei afa, those who dwell in the dust, and uh, it furthermore describes yekumun. Uh, they're going to raise up. Nevelati means the dead ones. Hakitsu means to uh, wo, uh, to be uh, to, to wake up. Ranenu means to be mirane means to be singing the praise. Wait a second. The pasuk seems to be clearly referring to those who had died coming forth taloro talecha, with the light of the dew upon them. There it is. They accept that Pasuk, however they respond, the That's well known in some schools, they read it on every uh, Yom HaShoah. (laughs) I grew up hearing these Pesukim. uh, There's the there's the uh, dry bones, which Yehezkel revives. And as a result, the response is, yes, this is Yeshaya prophesying. He's not prophesying about a general resurrection. He's prophesying about a specific resurrection. What's more, I will tell you, is the Gemara is uncertain about whether that was an actual resurrection or not. It might just be a Mashal. Not going to work either. Lastly, mina ketuvim dechtiv the hikech kien hatov olech le'dodi le'mesharim dovev siftei yeshenim. So the pasuk says in Shir uh, Hashirim, the the your 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 hikech your palate is so wonderful. It's kien hatov. It's like a fine wine. And uh, that fine wine, you know what it does? Olech le'dodi le'mesharim dovev means to move. Like siftei yeshenim means the the lips of the uh, the lying ones. Who are the lying ones? L-Y-I-N-G, the dead ones. You see, the lips are going to move. People are going to be talking. Ah, that's a crazy thing. You see, the pasuk seems to be referring to the fact that, God, you're so wonderful because you'll resurrect those who are lying in the ground. We'll return to this tomorrow and finish the rebuttal.